Recruitment Revealed. Listen, learn, adapt. Sponsored by Hira, a powerful award-winning platform for internal mobility, employee referrals and alumni networks. Visit hireuponline.com. All interviews take place over the internet, so please forgive the odd sound distortion. Hello, welcome to Recruitment Revealed. My name is Gary Burney. I'm your host for the next 15 to 20 minutes, where we try to give you some recruitment food for thought. My guest today is Elaine Davis. Uh, Elaine, how are you? I'm good, Gary. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks very much for being part of the show. Uh, Elaine, we wanted to discuss uh, volume Mm -hmm. hiring uh, and the challenges behind that. Uh, And I couldn't think of anybody better to have that conversation with than yourself, uh, having been in this uh, this part of the industry for 20-odd years. So... Uh, without further ado, in 60 seconds or less, tell us all about yourself. Hi, um, I'm Elaine Davis. I'm the Chief HR Officer for Continuum Global Solutions. We are a contact center company based in the States, but with uh, locations around the world. I think we have oh, about 30 locations in uh, 14 countries, and we answer the phone and we do chat for a variety of large customers in the telecom and in the healthcare space, people. This week, I'm hiring uh, 701 people, and that will go on. That started at the end of August, and that will go on through early December. Um, I'll be adding three or 4,000 people to our roster over the next few months. And um, most of that hiring is in the U.S., but uh, quite a bit of it is also um, offshore, um, Philippines, India, Dominican Republic, Jamaica. Um, last year, we hired about, I would say, I think about 20,000 people. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a lot. Now, my previous work, I worked for Xerox. Yes. And a lot of people don't realize uh, my current company is a carve out from Xerox. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a lot of people probably don't realize is that several years ago, Xerox was the biggest call center operator in the world. Okay. Um, you think of Xerox as being, uh, they make the document copying machines, yeah, yeah, but absolutely. they also owned a very large business that operated a BP, operated in the BPO space. Sure. While I was at Xerox, we processed a million candidates a year and hired 85,000. Oh my God. So <laughs> even, though, even though I'm a little bit hesitant to relax this week, only having to hire 701. <laughs> the truth is I have hired far more than that um, over the course of my um, uh, career that it has involved volume recruiting. Wow. You, you <laughs> blow my mind with a few numbers there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah. is a frightening amount of people to, to have to it hire. Is. Uh, and even yeah. now, I, I find the thought of hiring 700 people in a, in a month a pretty scary prospect. It's in a week. In a week? I'm hiring in a week. I'm hiring 701 people this week. Oh my God. Let me let me tell you a couple of other things, but feel free to cut me off if we're no, if we're going ahead. in the wrong direction. But in August, just in the United States, I I grabbed 41,000 leads. So in other words, I found 41,000 people who might kind of want to come to work for us. 41,000. Wow. And out of those, I converted uh, whatever I needed to to hit my hiring goals for that month. I think in the month of August, that was sort of a light month for us. So we probably hired, oh, I don't know, 1,200 people total. Um, but I would have processed several thousand to get down to the nugget of who were the people who 
we wanted and who wanted us. It's Gary, it's like speed dating. <laughs> you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you get the right one. Is that what you're telling me? It's hard to catch those frogs sometimes. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. I, so, so the first thing that always strikes me about volume recruiting is um, quality over speed. You know, you, you've got to hire so many people. Is the worry that you're not going to hire the right quality of person? So how did you get around that? I used to worry about that a lot. Um, I, with 41,000, if I have to hire 1,200 people and I have 41,000 to pick from, mm. there's a very good chance that I'm going to get some very, very good hires if I'm careful about it. Sure. Um, I partnered with a company that is based in Amsterdam and they do behavioral assessments. They um, do a screen of your company. You give them profiles of your best people, right? And they try to distill the essence of what makes that a great call center employee for this company. So it's not just, are you good on the phone, but will you fit into Continuum Global Solutions? It's a very extensive process that we went through with this company. I don't know if it's okay to say their name or not. Of course you can. Go ahead. They are uh, Harvard. They're based in Amsterdam. They're a lovely group of people who have a... I know Peter. Yeah. Oh, do you know Peter? Well, I I was so impressed with them when I found them about a year and a half ago. I got on a plane and went to Amsterdam to meet with them, hired them. And so in that, in our 41,000 leads, we, we have a, it's a funnel. It's very wide at the top and it gets narrow toward the bottom. And one of the things that helps us narrow it is Harvard. They, we put people through a set of an assessment that it doesn't take long and it's not difficult. Some people don't want to do it. That's okay. Because if you don't want to do that, you're not going to fit in at our company. That tells us that right there, right? So Harvard helps us distill down to who's a great candidate who will fit in our company. Before Harvard, you know, we we would ask people various questions and then we would make a subjective decision on, yeah, this person will work or no, that person won't work. And we didn't really have a good way of following through if if our intuition was any good or not. Yeah. Um, but with Harvard, we have now a way, we have a a normalized set of data and a normalized set of candidates that have gone through this process that we can then track. How long do they stay? What do their scores look like? What are the survey, what are the customer surveys about them say? What's their performance like, right? So we've really been able to apply a bit of science to what in the past has been sort of a, you know, spitting in the wind kind of approach to, to hiring people. Um, we hire, I'm sorry. An amount of automation. Pardon me? And a massive amount of automation. Huge amount of automation, Gary. Everything, my entire recruiting uh, world rests on my ability to find people before anybody else can. So we rest heavily on digital ad placement around the world. Um, We have a digitized ad platform that can we can pivot on a dime. If we're not getting clients, if we're not getting candidates in one location, we can pivot to another. And we have an awful lot of data in the background that tells us where are the people who will work for the wages that we're interested in, in providing. We're a low wage, we're a low wage employer. I mean, there's no getting around it, right? 
Um, and within a metro area that we're trying to hire in, who's our competition? How many clicks are they getting versus how many clicks we're getting? Who has share of employee? I have a massive amount of research in the background that tells me where to go get people. And it's, it's a huge amount of work to get down to you know, the relative handful of people I need to hire. I know it sounds like a lot of people, but it's, it's, there are calls. We're a very small call center company. There are call center companies with hundreds of thousands of employees. Interesting you say about competing, because I, I guess you're, you're, you're not necessarily competing against other call centers. You're competing against McDonald's, Walmart? Yeah, right on. That's right on. I mean, we are competing against other companies in the BPO space that are more sure. established than we are and can pay a little bit better. So that's hard. And then the other thing we're competing, you're right, we're competing against Amazon, Target, Walmart, Tesco, Aldi, you know, all over the world, wherever we operate, we are not just coming up against other contact centers. We are coming up against all sorts of low-skill, low-wage employers. And in the United States, um, we, during COVID, have come up against our own unemployment policies, which basically said, inadvertently told people, you can stay home and make more money than if you go to work for a company like us or like McDonald's. So yeah. Yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah. federal government. Yeah, that <laughs> it made it hard to hire for a while. I guess if they've gone through the, the first part of the process, right? They, they've, they've gone through the harbor part of the process. Mm-hmm. At what stage do you do human contact? Or do you do human contact? Yeah, they. Um, if somebody is interested in us, 85% of our leads around the world come through Indeed. Yeah. And if you're interested in us and you click on Easy Apply on Indeed, we grab you digitally. We grab you and we send you an instant text and we say, you look like a great fit. You click on a scheduler and you pick an interview time. And we use Calendly to do that. It says, if you'd like to talk, click here. And you click and we have a round robin interviewing schedule. I have recruiters all over the world available 24-7 in multiple languages. And we can interview within a half an hour of you saying, yes, I'd like to to talk to somebody. Yeah, some days we can't meet the same day requirement just depending on the flow. Mm. And but most days we can. So you talk to somebody, and then if, if you pass that screen, then you take the Harvard. Now, some people drop out at that point and say, I'm not taking any standardized test, and they're gone. Most people take it, and then we also have to – the other thing Harvard does for us is they also test the employee's equipment. So in a work-at-home world, we can either ship you equipment, which takes a little a few days and is costly for us, yes. or if you have a computer of your own, Harvard puts you through a quick diagnostic where they ping your computer to make sure it, it meets what we need, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for processing and, and, and all that kind of thing. And so you go through that. And then if you get through those funnels, I know I'm making it sound laborious, but it's actually pretty fast. If you get through that, um, you have to go through a background investigation. Uh, Wherever we work, we put you through a background. In the U.S., it's pretty fast. It's all automated. We can get it back in the same day generally. And then for some of our clients, we put you through a drug screen, which has gotten more complex because people do not want to go to laboratory facilities. Yeah. 
um, because there's, well, sick people there. Exactly. And, yes. and a lot of the labs have basically said, well, we're not doing pre-employment screening. We're only handling COVID or, you know, other uh, health issues, not pre-employment drug screening. So we're just about to implement drug screening via Zoom, um, where we ship you a little kit and we watch you on the camera take the little oral instant drug test and hold up the swab and let us know if you're yeah we're just about to do that so wow. yeah <laughs> so you get through all that you got a job <laughs> <laughs> and uh obviously working remotely so training on the job is again done everything's done remotely i guess is it oh my gosh this is a huge massive pivot so yeah it used to be You'd come in on day one and we would do the drug test there, right? We would do an oral instant swab just to clear you. And then you'd go in the classroom and you'd go through, believe it or not, anywhere from five weeks to 14 weeks of paid training. Wow. 14 weeks. That's a a lot. Oh, tell me about it. And we do everything we can to keep people from quitting during training or at the end of training, right? Because we're paying for all of it. We'll come back to attrition rates because I want to talk about that. That'd be great. Go <laughs> okay. On, go on. Tell, tell us more about the, so they, how, how do you well, do training now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Within, within days, we had to pivot to a virtual training environment, Adobe Connect or WebEx or whatever. And our clients, have, it's all client material. There's a little bit of continuum material. Hi, here's who we are. This yeah. is how we expect you to behave when you work for us, blah, blah, all that stuff. And then there's, okay, here's our product that we're representing or yeah. helping people solve problems with. Yeah. And it's all virtual. And it is, it, the, the good thing has been, we can compress the time. So 14 weeks has now become, I think, eight or nine weeks for that particular client. You can get through material a little bit quicker, right? So that's been outstanding. So are they learning on demand? Sorry, are they learning on demand then? No, they're learning with a learn with a teacher. A learner there, yeah. There's okay. a teacher in the there's a trainer, and then there's a couple of producers also in the virtual room helping people one on one with material. It's very focused. It's very intense. It's it's got to be draining. Yeah. I, for everybody, right? It's a, and I'm not sure we or anybody has solved this problem entirely because I think everybody thinks, well, we'll just have to get through this bit, right? And then we're going to go back into our sites and go back to the normal world. I don't know if that's true or not, but I don't know that we or anybody else has really spent sufficient time um, managing that learning experience as though it's the only way to do it. I don't think we've done that yet. Interesting you're saying about sites. How many sites around, just maybe around the world or around the States, uh, and therefore were you were focused on uh, people nearer, that, nearer those locations in the, in the first instance, and now you can spread it in terms of remote? Yes. Or has it always had an element of remote working to, to find the right employees? We've never had remote working. So in in the crazy days of um, COVID in March, I, I actually was in Dublin at the time and had to rush home. So yeah, we got everybody out of the sites and we sent everybody home. Just looking at the United States, we had 13 sites. And of course, we only recruited within uh, reasonable driving or you know, transportation distance of those sites. But that, ha- that was uh, that kind of hung us up a bit because you know you're 
it's a limited pool of people in some places. Honestly, Gary, we had hired the same people, their cousins, brothers, aunts, and uncles in small towns over and over again. There was no one left to hire. Yeah, yeah. Um, or our competitors were all bunched right. Like Boise, Idaho is a good place to, to use it as an example. There's several call centers there, and they're just one right down the street from each other, constantly poaching each other's people. It's it's silly. Yeah. So what what I did very quickly is is canvas the United States to see, okay, where are the places that we're willing to hire in? Because there's certain states where the minimum wage is too high for us, or there's certain policies about employment that make it hard for an employer like us, like California, yeah. um, Washington, Oregon. The, the coastal states tend to have extremely liberal employee-friendly policies. Not that we're not friendly to our employees, but let's face it, there's a limit. In a, no, in no. A, yeah. With small profit margins, there's a limit. Yeah. So we narrowed down to about 18 states where we felt that we could hire good talent who were willing to work for our wages and where the employment and tax situation was um, suitable for, for continuum. Yeah. And, you know, some of our customers expect that we will go back into our sites at some point, and, and we will. But um, in other areas of the country where we really didn't want to be in business, we shut those sites and we do not intend to reopen them. It's sure. just too expensive for us to do business there or there's the labor availability does not meet with our needs. That ends part one of my interview with Elaine Davis. Tune into the next episode to hear part two. In the meantime, you've been listening to Recruitment Revealed. Speak to you again soon.